Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, me, Ben Hobson, and me, Jane Maguire. Today, we're speaking with Deborah James about running and cancer. Come on, then, Rick. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for it. Everyone wants to hear how you broke eight hours for the old <laughs> South Downs 50. You're very cruel. You're a cruel man. No, uh, no, come on. I want, I want, first of all, I want to know about uh, race day atmosphere. Yeah, amazing to be back racing with actual people, an actual event. Um, also blessed with like amazing weather. So it was like, I think it was maybe up to about 15 degrees, but really beautiful, like not cloud in the, in the sky, not particularly windy. Um, yeah, along the South Downs Way. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really get much better than that in the UK. So um, yeah, that, all that stuff was great. It was very, very well organized. Um, and from a safety perspective, lots of stuff was in there. So it was like a rolling start. So you could start any time between six and half eight. And then the the aid stations, everything was kind of wrapped um, individually. So it, it wasn't like kind of like, it wasn't a buffet, Jimmy. It wasn't a kind of free-for-all. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay. yeah, so that, all that stuff was great. And it, and it gave me a lot of faith that um, the races, you know, can begin to get back to a sort of relative normality. Um, so all that all that part was great. And um, yeah, there are adventures, aren't they, these things? Because you're out, if, in my case, you're out almost all day. Uh, and uh yeah, there, there are highs and lows, and uh, there's some 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 funny incidents. Before I tell you how badly I actually did, um, the uh, one lovely high point was um, it's about ten miles in, and it was um, a little earlier, uh, a place on, on the route called the Chanctonbury Ring, which is like just absolutely beautiful. And uh, I was chatting with my mate George, and uh, a female runner in front said, "Oh, I recognise you from the Runners World podcast, and I've, wow. I've had you, uh, I've had you guys on <laughs> like accompanying me on all my long runs for this." race and uh and that was that was so nice mate to hear that it was so nice because it was oh, like, that's amazing that's really yeah it was sweet. like yeah it was really sweet um and uh yeah so that was lovely to hear that that um yeah that, that we're having you know we've got listeners you found we, our listeners we've, <laughs> listener. we've got listeners and uh and even better than that you know they're, they're actually the podcast is occasionally being put on during uh people's runs for races so that was great that was a really nice uh sort of positive thing early on yeah oh that's so good well thank you to her that's great how did how how was your race? Uh, well, the race I say it was a race of two halves. I'd say so. The first half was went pretty well. Um, I did. There was one funny incident where uh, my mate George, just before the second aid station, was like, "I'm just gonna I'm just gonna disappear for a second. So I was like, "Okay, call on nature, fair enough." Um, and I went in. I went into the aid station, which was about another 300 meters down the road. Um, 
but we didn't really communicate. So I hung around that A station waiting for him to come in for about 15 minutes. And I was trying to call him. I couldn't get through. And I was like, oh, you know what? He must... I'm sure he's just cracked on. And he, he thought that I hadn't gone in at all. So he's basically chased, trying to sort of chase... Oh, he's chasing, chasing me <laughs> in his mind. <laughs> and I'm doing the same thing. So this, this, this was about between about 16 and 25 miles. And we both probably ran that bit way too quick because we were sort of chasing each other, trying to catch up. Oh, no. Uh, it's quite funny. You don't really expect to lose people doing these things. But um, but then, yeah, I think got got through that actually in about, in about four hours. So if anything, was was on a kind of sub eight schedule, although obviously you're going to slow down the second half. So looking back, that isn't sub eight at all. Um, and then it's just stuff like, I could I could blame it on injury to a certain extent. Like my, my right knee became, became like incredibly sore, like just ITB stuff. But like it turned everything into like a walk run, increasingly more of a walk. Um, but really, I think I just didn't do. I hadn't done enough long running. hadn't Obviously, hadn't done enough racing to maybe lacking a little bit of that toughness. And if I'm yeah. honest, I guess I when that when that original goal started slipping, it's very easy then for it to become not only for you to miss out but to miss out by a lot do you know what I mean because it's yeah. like well oh, who cares if you're missing it you're missing yeah, it yeah and it's become more about enjoyment and especially on a yeah. nice day it was kind of like well you know what Look, let's just um, let's just go and Have a beer. enjoy ourselves <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. let's just stop here um, so no, I was way out I mean I was like over an hour um, you know uh, away from it uh, so that's um, yeah that's something to look at I think that was a good wake up call for me like, like actually how fit are you I think nine hours is well it wasn't nine hours it was a bit over nine hours <laughs> But still amazing to have done it. I was still, I mean, honestly, though, 50, 50 miles on the South Downs Way in, in a bit over nine yeah, hours is still incredible. absolutely fun, like a, yeah, it's still such a good result. Well, not the one you wanted, but still brilliant. Yeah, single digits. I'm going to take that. Single digits. Um, but, All right, perfect. I think this uh, yeah. is, yeah, this is why, oh, this is really interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, obviously, I've never done an ultra, but I remember... Um, when I was speaking to Lewis, who's the guy who coaches me, he was saying, why sub four? Like, why why, why do we have these times? Because he said the second you go to 401, you're like, well, no point now. And you just give up. And it's like that that thing, isn't it? Of having like whole numbers in your head. Like, what, no one yeah. ever aims for like, you didn't aim for like eight uh, eight and a half hours you like uh, under eight and it like it's so easy to do, isn't it? When it's gone, you're like, oh, well, give up. Let's walk. Yeah, I think also for me, like, you know, like, we, we all probably have an idea of marathons, don't we? Because it's like, you, you, you're unlikely of a marathon to set, your time, set yourself a time that is like absolutely beyond what you could do. Do you know what I mean? You might, you might be like, oh, I did, I said sub four and I, I did 410 or whatever. But mm. I guess I was just plucking numbers out of the sky with this. I was like, <laughs> sub eight, you know, like, <laughs> actually like, no, like nine and a half. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was, that's another thing it's kind of like yeah to, to really to kind of know or to have some indication of what you might be able to run otherwise you're kind of setting yourself up for yeah for failure before you begin i think i think super ambitious targets are the only way that you can do it though yeah i, think the I know one, what you say mate you know, yeah it gets you to the line it gives you something to motivate i mean there's obviously like there's a definitely a a very delicate balancing act between too ambitious and achievable yeah but you know you've got if you you just you've got to have that sort of sense in your head otherwise you won't ever really go for it and then you learn more because then you'll go oh wow like i was not in the condition or whatever to get that one that time that time yeah, and i yeah. realize that that's based on this much training or this lack of racing or those sorts of things and that's where you get the knowledge from rather than anything else yeah I you're mean, not losing I rick true. you're learning yeah. right that's right is it win or learn how do you feel now do you feel like 
are like really are you really okay or do you feel like really disappointed i think it's awful when people feel disappointed and i'm like oh my god you've just run 50 miles like shut up yeah i, mean, I think that's true jane it's like it's only the second time i've ever run exactly that distance um and I, yeah and my mate george is, is was good on that it's like this is still like you know this is still a great achievement in itself I was yeah. Like, yeah actually absolutely yeah to cover that distance um in a day anyone who did it anyone who completed that race is yeah incredible deserves, deserves a, a pat on the back i guess yeah your goals just change don't they in time and if you feel like you've already done that distance then it's harder to give yourself like the kind of credit for doing it again i'm sure lots of people fall into that trap with a marathon as well it's not like if you're like oh i know i could have done better then actually some of the joy can get taken away but um yeah yeah, it was good. I think I think I just need to concentrate on some some of the shorter stuff, though. To be honest, I think um, is, I'm going to find that way easier to train for. That's the other thing about this. It's like to, sort of. I was a bit like, look, I live in a hilly part of London, so the hill part of it is not going to be awful. It's not going to be so different, and it is. It's massively, massively different, you know. And it was pretty naive <laughs> of me to, to sort of to think that I could replicate that. You know, it, it's um, yeah, the terrain is 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 completely different. The hills are you know, four or five times higher than what you can get access to in south london um and that over 50 miles is gonna is gonna take its toll on uh, on you if you haven't been able to sort of train as specifically as you um as you might have done so that's all good learning as well but i think maybe if you're living in a city like we are maybe if you're interested in times and performing then you should pick your races along those lines as well yeah but you would have normally traveled out to the race or certainly parts of the route right? yes that's true yeah that's true so you know i know when you did the 100 you were visiting sections of it quite regularly and running those i was child free at that point though wasn't i I was child free back then this is it a warning to all remain (laughs) child free and then your running will be fine were you you both running on the weekend (laughs) yeah i went i did some i I think i can class it as uh run some so if anyone doesn't know we've got we've got a the campaign running which is a sort of uh well just go and just google run some and you'll find uh find lots of info about this campaign which is a great campaign so i did a bit of that which was where i ran to lidl and bought a sand pit for the garden for the kids and then walked home carrying it so i think i've done a bit of cardio and a bit of strength and conditioning there with my with with my run son it was actually really heavy i mean it shouldn't be surprising it's a sand pit it's not it hasn't got sand in it that would have been insane (laughs) but it's the wooden frame of a sand pit and it was heavy, so I've, I, I've that ticked off a bit of uh, a bit of using using running to do a job. Yeah, Ben, so I'm enjoying your um, your really like bizarre times of your running at the moment on your Instagram, like with a head torch, <laughs> really, really late at night. Like you just, I yeah. like it. It's breaking the mold. My running is now all either task based or like I spent all day eating cake and I have to move. <laughs> that's like that's why i went i went on a, i did a 10k trail run at like 10 o'clock at night because like i'd spent it. all day all day with the kids eating eating cake and it wasn't like a guilt thing like i mean i'm just to sort of clarify it wasn't like i felt guilty because i've eaten all the food but i don't know if anyone else is like this but if you eat a lot of sugar i just get super fidgety like i feel it makes me feel physically a bit like okay twitchy do you know what I mean? Like it's that it's that level of stuff. So I was actually just sitting there feeling like I feel really gross and, and I've got to go and run some of this cake off. And that was it. Fair enough. How about you, Jane? Um, yeah, I did 
And back to back to kind of a ten mile ten mile long run at the weekend, and I, I just like ten miles. It was meant to be eleven this week, and I thought no, I want it to be ten. So I just like I like that I like the round number. I like <laughs> I like the route I do. I just yeah, I just like I like doing a ten mile run, and I know that it should have been a bit longer, but I think sometimes it's fine to be like I'm just going to stop here, and I'm okay with that, and yeah. It's a great distance. It's a good I wish distance. there were more 10-mile races. I think it's a great Me distance. Me too. Yeah. Me and our esteemed editor-in-chief, Andy Dixon, have had a conversation how we think that 10 miles is actually the perfect running distance. Yeah, I do. Because I, I think like, if you if you wanted me to run a half marathon tomorrow, I know I could do it. But I'm also, I just like doing a 10-mile run. I like, I like, I don't, I'm not, I've not got any desire to run any further than that on the weekends at the moment. I just came back feeling really happy. And that's all you, all you want, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Right, should we get our guest of the week on then? Yes, let's do it. A couple of technicals meant that we recorded on Zoom. You'll hear that there's a bit of chat of everyone over the top of each other. I tried to edit it out as much as possible, but it sounds great anyway. So let's get into it. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete Deborah James was 35 when she found out she had stage 4 bowel cancer. She's gone on to write and talk about the need for people to be more aware of the symptoms of bowel cancer and is one of the hosts of the award-winning podcast You, Me and The Big C. Alongside this, Deborah is a keen runner and has signed up for the Vitality London 10K at the end of May. Deborah, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, I love the introduction of a keen runner. I, I classify myself much more as a proud plodder. I think a proud like plodder is it. Yeah, okay. it's something that I'm, I'm pretty proud to be calling myself that, but a keen runner I aspire to be. Okay, so that would be like a sort of grad, a graduation to the to the keen runner status, yeah. Uh, Absolutely, uh, Ho- hopefully one day. Well, how, how did you become a, a, a plodder then, uh, Deborah? What, what was your kind of journey into running? So I, I've always been pretty sporty my whole life. I used to be a gymnast actually, kind of growing up. So sport has been part and parcel of, of what I've done since day one um and then um running has always been that thing that you can kind of do alongside your job at some point because you don't need to rely upon the gym being open or whatever it is and I used to work as a teacher and used to kind of need to get my trainers on and run um albeit not very fast but my first I suppose entry into slightly longer distance running I suppose was when I first met my husband um in 2000 and I should know this 2005 that's a good test isn't it I hope he now doesn't listen because he'll he'll, he'll see the awkward pause of like oh my gosh and um within a within a couple of weeks of meeting each other you know when you kind of uh I was I was 22 at the time and you know when you're a little bit kind of um well you're just basically showing off to your partner yeah and I was like yeah I want to run a marathon and he was like I want to run a marathon so uh the next week we both signed up to run the New York marathon and this was in the January and obviously the New York happens kind of in the November and luckily we stayed together and we did then jump on a plane and uh go and run the New York marathon I've never run the London marathon actually as a course yet but obviously we're going to talk about that later but yeah that was my entry into kind of running uh, for I suppose medals which I now am a, a medal collector I, I like my medals <laughs> I just like the fact that it was basically pressure to impress someone which is I think probably why 
that's probably how a lot of people get into it to be honest but yeah i think that was that's a that's a great way of, of signing yeah let's do a marathon together oh god what have we done <laughs> did you run it together well do you know no i can't believe it and that, that's a kind of a you know a sign of well not love i suppose so we, we agreed <laughs> we agreed not to run it together and neither of us were um, were in it for for the time we were just in it to to complete it it transpired actually so my husband set off kind of thinking he was going to do it in a set time and obviously did the first half marathon pretty quickly then his knee went and he ended up pretty much walking in the second half um, and we ended up uh, completing it within 10 minutes of each other anyway so the reality is we should have just run it together and he should have stopped showing off really yeah tortoise in the hair wins again (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but it was fun although the thing that I highly don't recommend to people unless they are super fit and uh, you know used to this is within a couple of hours of finishing the marathon I had to get straight back on a plane to get back oh. to London to work because um, as anyone who works in the front line knows you just can't take the time off so I literally spent the whole kind of seven hours back from New York pretty much in tears because my body had seized up wow. and you know yeah. you know when you just you don't know the city very well you kind of like had been pacing up and down on a plane and I remember it was it was really not a pleasant experience that part the rest of it was great Wow. Yeah, I can't think of anything worse post-marathon than just being confined to a seat. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds really bad. And then having to teach, right, as well. I always think, like, the greatest tip for anyone doing a marathon is book the next day off work. That's the first thing. Book the, ne- book the next day off work, 100%. You can go and enjoy yourself. But, yeah, back in the classroom, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But I, and I think since then, I've always used... Um... I've always used running and I say that in inverted inverted commas but essentially getting my trainers on and getting outside whatever it looks like run walk whatever it looks like um I've always used the milestones so whether that is a 5k a 10k to I suppose rebuild myself or to celebrate things or whatever it might be so even before I had cancer it was those kind of races I used um races sounds really grand I was still a proud blogger back then but those kind of events a I love the atmosphere and I think you know that's what we've all missed over the last year but b it gave me some you know I realized in my life I need to have that kind of timetable or that that goal to work towards um mm. and I, I like the big shiny medals like it's the, I, I don't think there's any shame in saying that because I think Actually, I look back at those medals um, for whatever it is, whether it's for the local 5K race or for the the New York Marathon. And I feel really proud because each and every single one of them, at least I said yes, and I got my trainers on and I turned up and I did it. I mean, we'll talk on this later, I'm sure. But how significant have those races been to you since your diagnosis? As in, obviously, they were great benchmarks for all runners when they sign up and there's a challenge. But when you were when your cancer diagnosis came around was it more that you wanted those races more than ever and the medals are more important just because they're there now the significance of them is that every single one is important yeah so um 
they're even more important now. So my um, my sister-in-law actually set up the, um, the Royal Parks Half Marathon. So she was director of the Royal Parks. Oh. And anyone who's ever run that marathon um, over the last 10 years will know that it's actually, um, if you were back there 10 years ago, you will know that it's actually changed in many guises. It, it was a marathon. It was, they had a walking thing. And now it is the race that we know it to be, which is, from in my mind, probably one of the most beautiful half marathons. Mm. Um, in this country um, and there's a massive family connection to that marathon and I have I have been there at every race whether it's with my son newly born doing the walking half marathon whether it's in the 10k whatever guys it, it looked like and there was one year that I didn't run it and the year that I didn't run it was the first year that I was diagnosed with cancer and instead, um, as quite often will happen, um, a big group, there was about 30 of my friends and family all ran it uh, for charity, for which I was incredibly grateful. But I found um, actually the opposite happened in terms of whilst I was really grateful, I got so emotional. I couldn't stand there and watch other people run. Mm. Um, I, I actually got really angry is the wrong word but I got incredibly obsessed about it because I wanted to run just because I had cancer I was like what why aren't I running and it was almost a bit of a light bulb moment in terms of am I can I run alongside chemo yes uh, actually it's really good for you to have a kind of controlled exercise and to actually now the guidelines is very much to have the same amount of exercise and to always check with your physician um, in terms of what they recommend but essentially there was no reason that I shouldn't be running mm. um, and I I then kind of said to myself yeah I need to just almost set myself goals so unfortunately um, for me because my I hate the word journey, but living with cancer is a massive roller coaster, especially incurable cancer. And sometimes it is 10 steps forward, 100 steps back. Um, I use things like, say, 5Ks or, or 10Ks as a benchmark to kind of, um, I, I know I have to start again, but I know if I can get back to 5K again, or I can get back to a particular race, or I can get back to that half marathon, um, I get really emotional about it. And that half marathon, uh, the Royal Parks one, is a massive thing for me. The mm. other race that's incredibly emotional for me is there's a beautiful race in Kew Gardens. It's the 10K, it's the it's the Q 10K. Mm. Um, and it, it actually went ahead last year, incredibly well organized, I have to say. So for anybody that part in it it was socially distanced it was well managed it was beautifully run I don't know whether any of you guys took took part in that mm -hmm. but it was an absolutely incredible race um under the circumstances and that again is one of those races that I have been there and every time I'm back there I'm reminded actually I've gone through a lot but I'm back there again with my sister and I'm really mm -hmm. grateful for that yeah, I can definitely understand that. I find it harder watching the London Marathon for sure. I'm like a wreck, like sobbing <laughs> people. Like a dad has to hug a kid and I'm like, done. And you did you did the virtual London Marathon this year. How did that go? How, it was rainy, it was horrible, wasn't it? But did you love it? <laughs> 
Um, I I did love it from an emotional perspective, but from a from a practical perspective, it was hell. Actually, <laughs> to be really honest with you, it was kind of anyone who was out that day running will know that it was kind of you know really good British, uh, you know, yeah. hideous weather. Yeah. Um, and I I did the route. I live in Southwest London, so I do like the river route, which is essentially like the Hammersmith Putney um, mm. kind of um, route. And I started at the Royal Marsden, which is where I'm treated. Um, and essentially kind of looped back down to Chiswick and up and um, and did a couple of loops actually in the morning in Battersea Park and there were loads of people um, Mm. doing their early runs there which was amazing. Um, I my commitment to the to the London Marathon actually went back years ago in that I I've always wanted to run the London Marathon ever since I ran the New York Marathon I'm like I have to if if I'm going to run one more marathon um, or plod round or get round one more marathon it will be London and I had um, and I'm sure many people have been in this situation where I um, applied in the ballot for years and years and years eventually got my place and then got pregnant (laughs) and then um deferred it then got injured and deferred it again but obviously there's only so many times and then never got my place back and kind of never you know sometimes you need that to make make the commitment Mm. and then it was cancer that made me kind of bring that commitment to the table and Mm. I became I'm not now but there was a moment over a year ago just over a year ago where on paper I had no evidence of disease so it's a really good place to be Um, And I kind of I think it was on BBC Breakfast. It was um, Louise Mitchum, who's obviously like a big fan of the London Marathon and often runs it, Mm. said, go on then, are you going to run the marathon with me? And I said, yep, okay, fine then. (laughs) And uh, as you do. On TV. On TV, and um, I managed to to get us get a space in it for that year, and then lo and behold, uh, COVID happened. So I ran it socially distance with another girlfriend of mine who's also a patient at the Royal Marsden. We ran it to raise money for the Royal Marsden, um, and alongside my sister as well. And it was really emotional, but I remember thinking, I've now got to live another year just to actually run the marathon. Like, come on, seriously, it's like getting even harder. <laughs> like, so most people, yeah, we have to go through a pandemic, but I have to go through cancer and a pandemic, um, you know, incurable cancer. But but now, so I assumed that they were going to be doing the marathon on, uh, well, you know, April, which obviously thankfully they made the sensible decision not to because otherwise it wouldn't be going ahead and it just so happens that it now falls on October the 3rd which is um which is also my 40th birthday weekend and I was told that I would never see my 40th birthday so now I am planning on seeing my 40th birthday and hopefully running a marathon so if I make it to that which will which will be my five-year diagnosis pretty much like give or take a couple of weeks Mm. so if I actually make it to that finish line I don't care how slow I am but I am going to be an absolute disaster I'm going to be crying for like 24 of the 20 like (laughs) odd miles it's going to be ridiculous dehydration could really become an issue Uh, (laughs) you need to be very careful there especially if it's hot Do do you think that like um setting yourself challenges and you know let's talk about running challenges has in some ways like not necessarily improved your um giving you more longevity but do you think that actually yeah like running and moving around does 
does make you feel a bit more positive about about the future absolutely i think it's it's really difficult isn't it because people will say right i know that you're going to beat cancer and i use that again in kind of the the inappropriate use of language around cancer but the reality none of us really have control over our cancer but we do have control over our mind and the way that we handle it mm -hmm. and um you know i have two options and trust me i have really rubbish days where i don't want to do anything but I recognise now that I have tools in my bag, as we all do. I think we've all had to kind of dig, dig deep in COVID, haven't we? And use a lot of the tools, um, whatever they look like. And for me, I suppose when I am feeling rubbish, actually the running is a kind of how do you flip your mindset? And actually, um, whether it is running or walking, whatever it looks like, putting my trainers on and calling myself a runner um, is a really good starting point for me um, because if I get bad bad news, there's only so many hours I can sit and kind of cry for over it. And mm. then it's kind of like, how am I going to get out of it? Because you just spiral otherwise. So yeah, it, it, it allows you to cope with it. I think that's what it is. It's a coping mechanism very much so. Um, and also it's the only time that I feel quite free. I think, you know, anyone, whether they are a proud plodder or a, or a fast, fast speedy runner will, will recognize the, feeling of freedom that you get when you run along well for me it's the river um everyone has their favorite place right yeah for sure definitely yeah definitely. i think it was rick you can you'll correct me but i think it was it was it kevin weber we had on yeah and kevin uh, prostate cancer and he was, he was telling us a story about how he it was a full moon one night and he went out to have a look at the full moon because he thought, oh, well, I'm just going to have a look at a full moon because, you know, I might not see another one. And he just went and had a look. And he was just in his normal, I think just normal jeans and something like that. And then he decided that he was outside. So he might as well go for a run because he, cause he, he was outside now. So he went for a run. And he just went and did, I think, like five miles or something in his jeans and then came home. And it was that. he It was that sense of freedom because he was it was combined with... I might as well go for a run now because I don't know when I'll be able to next. If, 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 if I, as you say, if I have a bad day or I get some bad news, it might not be that I can go again soon. So I'm outside. I've seen a lovely full moon. I'm going to go and run five miles. And he did it. And it was amazing because it, it gives you that sort of switch of just like when we sit and complain about like, oh, I've got a training session coming up. Oh, I've got to go and do whatever miles, you know, oh, I can't be bothered. It's cold, blah, blah, blah. And it's actually that flip of it being like, this is such a privilege to be able to go out and do yeah. that little mm. effort, that little run that you just kind of have to, as you say, you have these tools to help you kind of just get through it. And I think COVID, as you say, everyone else has had to deal with that. Like, oh, wow, I can go out for on my own for an hour a day. Like, wow, that's such a treat now. Whereas before I would have been like, oh, two runs a day, whatever. Like, you know, you, skip, <laughs> you know, oh, I can't be bothered. And you suddenly become it's these, these sort of taken for granted for privileges that we all have. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, you're right though about um for me, I um I can never stick to a plan. So if I was training for something, mm. um it, that's just not an option really for me because actually I have to I do have to listen to my body. We all have to listen to our bodies, but for me it's it's pretty unpredictable and I'm mm. quite often throwing a curveball. So um I remember actually uh, running uh, this sounds really slow. It is really slow, but I don't care, I'm really proud of it. Um, I, I'm like I keep on saying, I'm not fast, but I managed to get my 5k under half an hour. I'm really chuffed about this. This is taking yeah. forever. I get that that is like nothing to a lot of people, but uh, for no, me, I that's think, really I think good. you're doing yourself a disservice here. I think yeah, you need you to, are. yeah, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, running is just running. I think that that's kind of like one of the things that everyone just needs to understand a bit more. Understand. They? And it's kind of, it's, it doesn't matter where you come into it. And for me, right. I, I'm kind of somebody just to put it into perspective and I get like a lot of people say oh it's not about times but I find that actually even in my category the times drives me and it gives me a mm. kind of bit of a benchmark in yeah. terms of okay if I can make it back to my 35 minutes I know I'm okay if I can make it back to my mm. 29 minute I know I'm smashing it yeah. and it it follows up from your story in terms of you have to make the most of those different opportunities. So I just had a major um, thoracic resection uh, before Christmas, um, which involved like two deflated lungs and all these kind of things. I've had a lot of lung operations. And for anybody that's had um, a lot of lung surgery over, well, you know, in their life, Hmm. they'll know that exercise is, it has, well, exercise, movement, whatever that looks like. And for me running, is actually part of my rehabilitation. Right. So the day before I went in to have my operation, I ran my fastest 5K because I knew, and I still haven't got back there. So this is like three and a half months, yeah. no, four months now post-surgery. And I'm still, I'm still not back there. But it's because I, the reason I did that is because I had to make the most of the fact that I felt okay. 
I was about to have an operation and if I didn't it was now or never and if I didn't do it now I knew that it's not going to happen for another six months because to rebuild basically from scratch again I have done the the couch to 5k app which I think is amazing but I've done it about five times over the last five years because every single time I have an operation I have to start again and uh, yeah my level of fitness kind of I have a baseline but I think people people assume that um your progress always has to look kind of you know in a upward curve and for people like me it's never going to be like that it's always Mm going to be kind of making the most of whatever grabs moment you can you can find can we talk a little bit about the vitality uh 10k and the celebrate you campaign that's happening at the the end of may that i know you're getting involved with um what was it about that race and that campaign that kind of um attracted you to it yeah, so I've been involved with it for a number of years. I think it's a um, when it was happening in real life, and hopefully we will have the opportunity for that to happen again soon. Um, it's just um, it's a great race for anybody who's done it. Middle of London, like ends up on the, it ends in the mall, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's you know you kind of can feel like you're basically well you know you've got the grand finale at the end the atmosphere is really electric for that 10k as well and the support around it is amazing um so from a from just a kind of race perspective it's really fun race that you can do with people um and then the whole theme is basically running for your heads and your heart so um it's all about celebrating you so the idea is actually the first year that we did it um, there were nearly a thousand women that signed up under this wave um called celebrate you which is exactly what I'm talking about in terms of just like being that proud plodder and getting people just to say, yeah, I can give it a go. Because I think a lot of people think that it is exactly what Ben said earlier. I think a lot of people think they're not runners and Mm. they think that they have to get to a certain speed to call themselves a runner. Mm. And they think that if you walk a little bit, then you're not a runner. And it's, there's all this kind of like, um, I think people are a bit scared to just kind of say yes. So the hardest thing is just saying yes. So the wave encourages people to um, to, to just kind of say yes, but also uh, to recognise that actually um, exactly what we were talking about before, for, for a lot of us, running is a massive tool that we use um, and it's great for our mental health. I think right now, I'm, you know, I think we, we're all aware of, of the challenges um in terms of the COVID climate that we're in mm-hmm. um and actually getting more people to recognize that actually one of or not a way out of it but a way to support yourself mm-hmm. out of it is through exercise um, and sometimes people just need a little bit of encouragement I think yeah. sometimes people just need to feel oh yeah go on then I'll give it a go if yeah. like my mates are giving it a go go, go on then you almost need to like not coerce people but you sometimes just need somebody to kind of persuade you to do something yeah um, totally. do you know what I mean like it's always yeah. like we'll invite a mate and sometimes you end up doing some brilliant things don't you sometimes you end up doing some outrageous things that you wish you'd have said yes to <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of it works either way was this the wave of women that did it in the, your underwear were you in that was this the race because that was so empowering and amazing I think like I hopefully I don't know maybe you'll be doing it in your underwear again this year but it was so great to watch I think from like as a as a female and as a runner and everything I had so many mates message me being like that's so cool I want to do that next year and we haven't had the race again in person yet have we to do it again 
so we did it um so you're right yeah we did it in our underwear like it wasn't compulsory um and to be quite honest with you I ended up wearing those like big running knickers so I basically ended up wearing more than I probably run in on a hot day anyway um and, and I realized it was great because there's no chafing whatsoever so it was kind of like it was really good it's really practical um so but I don't recommend running around the streets in your underwear all the time um but it was it was um it was really good because it, it, it was also about the fact that I think a lot of people um, regardless of their size their shape their body they feel like well I'm not a runner I don't look like a runner but the reality is that runners look like all of us any single one of us can be a runner and I think it's reminding people that you don't have to be this like skinny mini like fit mm. fit freak not saying that runners are like that but you know <laughs> what I mean you don't have you don't have to kind of conform yeah. to a stereotype yeah. yeah to be that runner and um and the reason that we were doing it in our underwear underwear was essentially to showcase that to kind of say look we're all doing this and we can all do the 10k and and we don't care how slow we are um and that was really fun and then obviously this year in in covid uh, i say this year last year 2020 um the race happened virtually um and myself and a socially distanced group of six um, <laughs> it was kind of well, what are we allowed to do um so socially distanced group of six we ran um around old Battersea Park in our underwear um and strangely we didn't get that many weird looks um <laughs> so I I don't know whether Covid has just made us all kind of not <laughs> yeah. even bat an eyelid at yeah, what we're right. doing yeah. outside um but nobody really blinked um so we did it in our underwear and then hopefully this year um obviously there is the virtual option um at the moment um and then hopefully later in the year there may there may or may not be a um a scheduled in real life race i hope so you've got a new book um deborah coming up new how to live uh, when you could be dead um can you tell us a little bit about i mean it's an interesting title what, what what's it all about yeah so that's either coming out depending on if i can put a rocket up my bum um <laughs> either coming out on the weekend of the of the marathon or knowing me I think it will be the new year if I'm being really honest with you actually if I'm just being really honest with myself you know sometimes you have to kind of go yeah just be honest with yourself Deborah and recognize that you're not going to meet your deadline (laughs) as long as your publisher doesn't listen to this it's fine (laughs) yes it's all right my publisher has about 20 emails waiting in my inbox that I'm choosing to ignore because she knows blatantly well that I haven't I haven't done any of the edits it's required so the first draft is written um, and it's so essentially my my background was obviously in teaching I say obviously um, my background was in teaching and for for 16 years I worked um well I ended up being a deputy head but I worked um alongside loads of really fun um uh, education researchers looking at mindset so we've all heard of growth mindset and what it looks like um well I hope we have and essentially just the idea that um, you can use your mind to, to is exactly what we're talking about, to flip situations. And what we found in education was um, based on the work of a lady called Carol Dweck, who obviously created Mindset. It was, it was great. It's the original Mindset book. If, you, if anybody hasn't yet read it, I'm sure million, well, millions of people around the world have read it. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but we found that, and even Carol is um, a critique of her own work. She found that actually it's all good and well knowing how to have, um, you know, a positive mindset, a growth mindset. Um, and But what she realised is when it was implemented in schools, when we in our adult lives actually implement it, none of us really know what to do. We don't have the tools. Like we all go, yeah, yeah, we've got a growth mindset. And then we basically go, oh, no, no, I can't, I can't go and do 10K. And it's because we actually haven't been given the building blocks. So it's almost like comical in that she, Carol actually came out like recently, like last last year and kind of said, you know, my theory is great and my theory is great. However, unless we know how to actually break it down and apply it, um, you know, it's pointless knowing that you think you can do anything. So essentially in the book, um, just from my own experience of living with cancer and having to kind of, dig pretty deep and then I talked to lots of other people who have faced pretty um challenging situations so what have they learned how have they become resilient how have they flipped their mindset what have they learned from that um they're nuggets of advice really um in terms of not just cancer but in terms of if you're facing a new job and you think I can't do it if you've got to stand up and do a new speech um how do you do it um, it's essentially about self-reflection if I'm being really honest with you yeah. being prepared to fail we all know this um, but yeah, it's kind of um, a bit. It's not hopefully not too teachery. I have got a, I have got a, um, a, you know, a tendency to end up kind of keep. I keep on talking about teaching, and I need to go. No, Deborah, there is like real life as well. I know teaching is real life, but I need to kind of like remember that not everything sits in a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> No, it sounds really interesting. Well, whenever whenever it comes out, we look we look forward we look forward to it. So we're, we're going with before the London Marathon. You've heard it here first. Coming up, <laughs> you, you never know. If I get <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> and this is the, this is the irony. I remember I was writing a sentence in the book the other day saying uh, the irony about this entire book is it's based on growth mindset, basically giving yourself a big rocket up the ass. And I can't even meet a deadline right now. So <laughs> the reality is that I can I can sit here and tell you the theory behind it but none of us can do it. Like we're all on this continuum of like self-improvement um, yeah. and none of us will nail it. And I think that that's the reality is that it's just always kind of looking back on yourself and, and being really reflective and saying, uh, okay, well, I'm good at having the idea. I just am rubbish at managing my time or whatever it is. Right? What am yeah. I going to do next time? Um, and yeah, hopefully learning from my mistakes. Oh yeah, well, you never know. If I yeah. meet the deadline, I haven't. No, if I don't meet the deadline, I haven't learned. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah, thanks very much for for coming on the the Runners World podcast. It was great to talk to you about um about running, and uh, yeah, wish you all the best with uh you know all the book and and your running in the future. It was, uh, it was great to talk to you. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. It's really nice to chat. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest Deborah James, and to you, of course, for listening. You can once again subscribe to three issues of Runners World magazine for just £5. Head to www.hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK Just search Runners World UK and click subscribe. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.